the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There usually is a certain amount of joy and delight that accompanies sin. It's immediate and it's very brief, as we'll see next on today's edition of Abounding Grace. Hi there, and welcome to Abounding Grace from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Our teacher and pastor, Pastor Gary Wagner, returns us to our survey of Job. We're in chapter 20 today, where we are reminded of the brevity of pleasure that accompanies sin, no matter its type, and including, as we'll see today, hypocrisy. The joy of the hypocrite is brief. For the details... Here's Pastor Gary Wagner once again with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. We should never doubt when we see the wicked prospering. When you, are, when you are young, you may have friends who seem like they are just having a great old time, ignoring their parents, doing what they want to do, living as they please. But you have to remember two things. Judgment is coming for the wicked and a wonderful inheritance is coming for the righteous. And there is no period of life when we can live without that hope, my friends. Or if we do, we will fall into what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 12. When iniquity abounds, the love of many will grow cold. Have you ever felt that way in your life? You see so much sin in the world and it seems like ungodly men, those who are purveyors of smut and those who are purveyors of covetousness, whatever it may be just live for fun and don't feel like they have to relate to God all the time. They look like they're just having a great old time. What happens? That evil influence, thinking along those lines, can make you think, maybe I'm taking my faith a little too seriously. Maybe I'm taking the Bible a little too seriously. That's what Jesus meant when he said, when iniquity increases, when it abounds, the love grows cold. Because I don't want to stand alone. I don't want to be without friends. I mean, all my friends are nice. Oh, they get a little off course at times. But I don't want to be in the wilderness with God alone like John or like Daniel being taken away from their home at 12 or even like Jesus. I don't want to be like that. I want to have fun. We need to remember, evil company corrupts good morals. And beloved, that is said to those in the church, not the worldlings. There's no corrupting of good morals with them because there weren't any. It is said to the church... So we need to be on guard. The more we see the wicked prospering like the female vixens. You know, they seem to be getting younger these days. Female singers and celebrities. And even male cads in the public. 
And we're thinking, this must be where it is. Look how much fun they're having. Look how much energy they have and and the wonderful lifestyles they live. Well, remember what James says, so that you stay uncorrupted by the world. Chapter 1, verse 27. Keep this verse in mind, young people. Pure religion and undefiled before the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their afflictions. So, love your neighbor as yourself. And number two, and keep yourselves unspotted from the world. Oh, unspotted, that's tough. Trust me, I definitely know. We need encouragement, which we can get from 2 Corinthians 6.16. You mean I have to separate from all sin? You mean I have to say no to some of my friends, and I may have to start saying yes to my parents? Well, at least if you're young. Even if we are adults, we need to work out some of those areas of sin in our life that we've been living for far too long. But what is the motivation to do it? Notice verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 6. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Wherefore, live as you please, for I will always forgive you later. Is that what verse 17 says? No. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So here's the motivation. God dwells with us, beloved. And when God dwells with us, we know that some, sometimes it's going to be chastening and some of that's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult to walk with God. It is a difficulty that the children of this world, though, do not know. He is holy and He loves us. And because He loves us, He's going to chasten us and He's going to sift us to keep us walking close with Him. It's very important for us to keep these motivations in mind for forsaking our sin. What are they? Oh, I don't want to feel guilty. Oh, that's a very pragmatic reason. But I suppose it's better than nothing. But the real motivation is, God says, I dwell with you. Beloved, the creator and sustainer of all things dwells with you. Do you want that your entire life? To know when you are young or when you are old, God will walk with me? It may be in the valley of the shadow of death, but I'll fear no evil because God is with me. This is one of the great motivations to stay unspotted from the world. I don't want to offend my father. Think about that. I don't want to offend my father. I want his continuous love. I want to please him. I want to know him more intimately. I want him to be gracious to me. I want, verse 17, to be received by him. I want to be his son or his daughter. Because we walk with God, the sins in our heart are things that should make us nauseated. Because he is holy. But beloved, I don't want to leave you with the negative, so let's look at the positive. I'm not 
going to feel nauseated because God is walking with me. I'm going to have him as my father. I'm going to be his son, his daughter. He is going to be with me. He is going to go before me. He is going to dwell with me. Revelation chapter 3 says, If any man opens the door and hears my voice, I will come in and dwell with him and sup with him and he with me. So our motivations for separating for sin are so positive that we need to seriously consider whether or not we are ourselves sad and robbing ourselves of any joys by not listening to our God's voice, our Father's voice and submitting to it. Now, in verses 23 to 29, after saying it's a miserable life, after saying the joy of the wicked and the hypocrite is short, Zophar comes down to the point. The wicked will be completely ruined. Now, he's not talking about hell here. He's talking about this life. You see it in verse 23, when he is in the process of eating, that's only here, that is when God will rain his wrath upon his head. Verse 24, he will flee from an iron weapon, and a steel sword will strike him down. Verse 25, it's already drawn, it's coming to get him. It'll go into his body and pull out his entrails. Verse 26, he may try to hide, but darkness will follow him. In fact, it will consume him. It will go ill with the one that is left in his tabernacle. Now, that's actually quite interesting. Because a refutation of that is that when John Rockefeller Jr. died, he left what is equivalent in modern money to $500 billion to his heirs, and they continue to use it today for evil. So here is one case where the wicked have certainly not faced the judgment of God for the wickedness of their father in this life. Zophar says in verse 21, in so many words, someone will get into an airplane and write the wicked man's sins across the sky. The earth, the stones, the trees will go to war against him. Verse 28, all of his prosperity will go away and his goods will flow away. And he concludes in verse 29, this is the wicked man's portion from God. Well, as I said earlier, if Zophar was describing hell, he would be correct. But he is saying the wicked man's life will always be like this. And Job, you're wicked because your property is gone, your sons and daughters are dead, your health is shot, and your wife is cursing you. God has abandoned you. He's not talking to you anymore. These things are happening to you, therefore you are wicked. But the wicked oftentimes have full bellies and enjoy abundance in this life. It is true that God's sword hangs over his head, as Asaph mentioned. It is also true that the wicked oftentimes feels no reason to hide his sins. Today, people sin boldly. They don't care. Why? Because sins today are not normally exposed in this life or... Sin is redefined so that it is not sin at all, i.e. homosexuality and abortion, and this even within the church. Hypocrites skate through life and are seldom exposed. Conniving men find ways to get richer in evil times. Jesus said in Luke 16, the children in this world are often much wiser than the children of light. Now, if we keep the final day in mind, 
what Zophar says is true. But he speaks of Job's calamities as indication that he is a wicked man now and will suffer because of that. He is the hypocrite that his that has pretended to be pious, but now he's being exposed. But let me leave you with this. We cannot judge men for their external circumstances. Listen, Jacob was cheated and he was in exile for 20 years while Esau stayed at home and he prospered. And yet God said, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. Our Lord Jesus Christ had nowhere to lay his head. And I could go on and on. God afflicts the righteous. He treats his children more roughly than the children of the world. He chastens them and he oftentimes leaves them, leaves the wicked largely alone, letting the tares grow until the final day. Yet, beloved, we need to tremble. Having said all that, we need to tremble. The heritage, as he says in verse 29, of wicked men is horrible. Is horrible. I know we've seen too many movies so that judgment doesn't seem to scare us anymore. And that actually may be a real sign of the diminishing of common grace in our midst. But when we see God strike down the wicked, and he does do it occasionally... When we see whole nations, when we see whole places given to darkness and barbarism and violence and perversity, that should make the hair on the back of our necks stand on end. For God is giving us a preliminary warning. This is the consequences of sin and rebellion. And it should scare us right into the arms of our Heavenly Father. Let me, cur- let me encourage you in the conclusion with two things. When we do see God's judgment, and I think we do see some of His judgments today, the blindness that He is afflicting on our land and its leaders, the recklessness of perversity with transgender and homosexuality and abortion and and the, the rioting in the streets, the lies that are told in every sphere of society. When we see these things, we need to remember two things. One, fear God. Fear God because He, He alone is the judge of all the earth. And if we don't feel in our heart any kind of fear of God, something is wrong. Ask Him to change that in you. You know, if we had gone on to read 2 Corinthians right after those verses that I read in in chapter 6, the very next verse says 7-1, Therefore, beloved, having these promises, let us... Let us perfect holiness in the fear of God. We should fear Him, which means to adore Him and to love Him. Since my Daddy, my Heavenly Father, walks with me, the Holy God walks with me, I do not want to offend Him, because to offend Him means misery for me. To dishonor Him means misery for me. I don't want to push Him away. I want to draw Him closer to me. Two, beloved, wake up. When we see God's judgment, and some periods in history are more marked by God's judgment than others, we need to wake up. Because every time we see a judgment in history, every time we know of a wicked man who is struck down, every time we see an economy built on lies and sand come dumbling down, tremble even a little bit more. 
because the trumpet will someday blow. Because all of these judgments that God brings are indicative of what will happen at the end. So we can't go to sleep because the bridegroom will come when we are least aware. And as he said in a parable, if I'm asleep when he comes and the door is shut, outside there is only weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we need to flee to the Lord for refuge. Scripture talks about this. Hebrews chapter 6, read Thessalonians, flee to the Lord. In the first century, 2,000 years before us, and who knows how long before now that Christ comes again, Paul talks about what? He talks about believers fleeing to Jesus from the wrath to come. That has always struck me as rather odd. You know, we in evangelizing can't scare people into heaven. And that's true. I certainly can't. God can. But I do know Zophar is correct. From the standpoint of judgment is coming, and time and history and God are on the side of righteousness and against wickedness. And since we know that God is angry with the wicked every day, we need to flee to Him. We must love our God, run into His arms, wake up from our slumber and flee to Christ. Judgment is coming. Let me leave you with one verse to think about. 2 Corinthians 5.10 In the context of everything I've talked about today, I think this is a very relevant verse for you to meditate on. Listen. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according as he has done, whether it be good or bad. Verse 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Now this is an interesting idea. Most of the time Paul speaks about the wonders of God's grace and his love in Christ and all of those things are, of course, absolutely wonderful. But here he speaks of the judgment that is coming. And knowing the terror of the Lord against us, against sin, against us, if we don't repent, we persuade men. Oh, well, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not wicked. I don't have to worry about that. Well, Scripture says, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Examine yourself to see if you be in the faith. And to take seriously the fact that since we know judgment is coming, we must flee to Christ. Beloved, he is our only refuge before the judgment of God's wrath that is coming against the wicked. So let me put it very plainly. This life is going to come to an end. We don't know when it will happen, but we do know the trumpet will sound and the Son of God incarnate will descend from the heaven with a shout. And as hard as it is to believe, being an American and thinking, well, even here we can have an answer and a solution for the second coming to prevent it. History, as we know, is coming to an end. Definitive, final, sudden, unexpected end. And the books are going to be opened. And everyone will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Everyone, you and me, to receive an account. So as Christians, 
How do we respond to this? Well, we take it very seriously. We examine ourselves. We repent. We believe the gospel. We don't say, well, I believed 10 years ago. I'm good. No, you're probably not good. If that was the last time you believed and turned to Jesus 10 years, 5 years, 1 year ago, I'm worried about you. Because we must turn to Him daily. And it's not something you do once and then, oh, I'm good. We keep fleeing to Him. As Paul said, the terror of the Lord against the wicked is real. So on the one hand, we have to part ways with Zophar. He's just simply crazy. He did not know Job at all. Job was not a wicked man. He was not a hypocrite. But on the other hand, we have to say, Zophar has a little better view of the consequences of sin than most people do today. He is a little bit more honest about the consequences of unbelief and of wickedness. And it doesn't matter what it looks like in terms of prosperity. Beloved, it is not going to last forever. It will come to an end. There will be a day of reckoning for the wicked. Now for us, that is very encouraging. If we are willing to walk by faith, think about it. We are vexed. Lot was vexed living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Asaph was vexed. Again, read Psalm 73. He was vexed at seeing the wicked prosper. But we need to remember their day is coming to an end. So in the meantime, we need to pray. We need to possess our souls in patience. And we need to remember that one of the reason God delays His judgment is because He didn't send His Son into the world to destroy men's lives, but to save them and to pluck them from the burning fire. And that's where you come in. Knowing the terror of the Lord, whom have you persuaded lately? You know, beloved, I want to grow this church. But I'm not willing to do it through rock concerts and swallowing goldfish and stupid little skits and musicals. Well, then, how is it going to grow? It's going to grow when we take seriously what we believe and when we take seriously the call of God to persuade men. I ask you, who are you talking to? Who are you persuading? If you're not, you are failing in your faith. And you need to pick up the mantle. And you need to go out and preach the gospel in the highways and the byways. Amen. Join me in prayer, beloved. Father, We thank you for your word and we thank you that you preserved Zophar's warnings for us so that we would wake up and take seriously the consequences of sin. But as we think about Zophar's misplaced condemnation of Job, we ask you to make us quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Because much of what Zophar said must have been like swords into Job's soul. Help us to love our Savior more and to be more grateful for his continued blessings. 
and increase our desire to persuade others of your coming wrath by fleeing into the loving arms of Jesus. And it is his name we pray. Amen. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener supported, which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.